You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? As always, it is your boy, your host, Sosa Cremendez. I'm a fantasy analyst at PFF and your host here at the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you guys so much for always making us your first daily listen here at Locked On Rams. This is our final episode of the week before we finally get into game day. And I think Rams fans are dying for this game because at the end of the day, this is probably their most winnable game remaining on the schedule, right? It's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's just call it what it is. They're not exactly a great football team. And the Rams get to go home and play at SoFi Stadium. This is as easy as it's going to get, right? The Rams have a good chance to get a get back game as Brad called it many times on our podcast episode there. That's the shot. But before we get into all of that and get to recap the game, hopefully it's a good one. Hopefully it's a victory Monday. I feel like I've said that the last few weeks and it hasn't been. We got a mailbag to dive into. You guys sent me over some good questions like you always do. A lot of different topics from the running backs to is there a potential move coming at inside linebacker? How are we going to divvy up the blame across the board here? So we'll dive right into it from the first one from at Big Blackenstein, my guy. He said, I feel like we've had this conversation around the same time as last year with things slowly breaking down. What is this team's identity? Do they even have one in your opinion? I don't believe they do. And for the price that they paid in draft capital, it's not good that we're asking this question again. I agree. I'm not really sure what their go-to kind of thing is here, right? When a team is having a bad day, more often than not, they usually have something that they can sort of lean on. That's their identity. Like you mentioned there. And I don't know that the Rams have one. I mean, they're not a shutdown defense. They're not crazy on the defensive side of the ball, really, in any regard on offense. They're not a rushing attack like the Baltimore Ravens, for example, or the Cleveland Browns. And they're not really a passing attack like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or somebody else like the Packers, maybe. They don't really have an identity. It just kind of feels like, you know, we're going to run a bunch of random plays and things are going to work sometimes and sometimes they aren't. And that's obviously a huge concern for a team right now that, you're in week 12, week 13. Like we're at the end of the schedule here. There's only a few weeks left before we get to the playoffs. Still feels like the Rams don't even know what they do well and what they don't do well. And that's part of the issue right now is still trying to figure out all of these different aspects, which you should have probably known a long time ago. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, maybe they're just a good team or solid team, whatever the case is, a great team even maybe if they can get back on track. That doesn't really have an identity, which I think would be perfectly fine in my opinion or my estimation. As long as they can produce, that wouldn't really be an issue. But the problem is, is the production has not come in the recent weeks. So that is where the issue lies. Now, do they have an identity? Are they going to figure one out? I'm not really sure that they will. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's going to be the biggest issue. I really just think they need to figure out how they can go back to being productive, which is definitely the biggest issue right now. The next one from at D underscore DMAC 91 he said, should the Rams sit Daryl Henderson to let him rest and also to see if Sony Michelle can provide a spark in the running game? I think so. Like you mentioned, I think there's kind of two uh, issues here or two reasons to kind of sit this guy. So first, it seems like he's not healthy. I mean, he's come up on the injury report. I think it was a thigh issue. And my guy, Mario Pilato, who works with me at PFF, a doctor, a surgeon, he said that he probably is going to miss this game. Uh, and obviously that's notable, but Sounds like now he might be able to go. I don't really know. It sounds like it's really up in the air, 50-50 type of situation. And in my opinion, if you want him to be healthy for the rest of this season, which you need him, and obviously into the playoffs, however many weeks that might be, your best bet is to probably bench him right now in your last winnable game or surefire win game and to give him a week of rest. And not only that, 
But I think Michelle can give you everything he can give you right now. So you're not really losing out on anything. You might actually be improving. And like you mentioned, Derek, I mean, I think Sony Michelle might be the better running back right now. I don't know what it is. I've mentioned it on this podcast many times. We don't really have to rehash it anymore. It just seems like Henderson is missing that tinge of explosiveness or the acceleration that we've seen in years past. And I mean, at the end of the day, I just think Michelle runs a lot harder probably a little bit of a better creator right now, maybe not over the course of their careers, uh, but I would probably go that route. Start Michelle, let Henderson have the week off, give him a week to rest, get healthy, and try to keep him preserved for the rest of this stretch because the Rams are pretty thin at running back. Like We know they have some injuries. Yeah, K-Makers may be coming back at some point, but I mean, you can't trust that. And if he does come back, how much of a workload can he really handle? My opinion, I think Michelle is the move here, but we're going to find out, I guess, closer to game time. Now, the last one here in this segment from at Schweidog, he said, if you were to break down the blame in percentages, what would it be for coaches, players playing out of position or fundamentals, new players added to the team that are still learning the schemes and injuries? And that's a really good question. I think in terms of the players that were recently added, still learning schemes and injuries, those are pretty minor. I mean, the Rams are pretty much, you know, as healthy as you can possibly get. Like they haven't lost any crazy, you know, huge pieces on that team. Yeah, K-Makers is a great player. Robert Wood's a great player. They're both big losses, sure, and so is Justin Hollins. But at the end of the day, every team suffers losses like that. I mean, you need to find a way to overcome it, and the Rams have found good replacements. Like, Odell should be a good enough replacement for Robert Woods to the point where your offense doesn't just break. Same thing for Cam Akers and that running backfield there. So in terms of the percentages, I would say coaches, I really think they're probably based on you know how things have kind of looked in the past few weeks they're responsible for a lot of the issues i think with this team right now players playing out of position or the fundamentals kind of like the execution i would say maybe 20 percent players still learning the new schemes 10 percent injuries 10 percent so i mean that kind of brings you to 100 percent there i think it was 60 20 10 10 something like that yeah i mean at the end of the day i really think it starts at the top level like you mentioned the coaches the schemes that the coaches are making the game plans those things the play calls at the right times that's really the root of the issue here, I think, when it comes to this team, both on offense and defense. And that's obviously concerning because does that get better? How does it get better? When will it get better? We don't have the answers to any of those questions, but we're going to find out this week because the Rams have a good shot to get back on track on both offense and defense here against the Jaguars. This is the best game that they have left on the schedule in terms of winnability. So if they can't get right this week, Definitely some huge, huge concerns. But coming up in just a second here, we're going to continue to dive into the remaining questions. A lot of questions about inside linebacker, as well as Justin Hollins. And when he may return, you guys can always follow us on Twitter at QBsMEP. Now you listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes The power of three unlimited data lines for $30 a month per line so your family can harness all that brain power too. And the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and all that knowledge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. You can get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save Boost Mobile. Disclaimer, free phone is limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for the details. And you guys know the Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or it's actually even better than a candy bar. Built Bar. We talk about it all the time. It's filled with so much holiday goodness. It's rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate. 
And it's amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, fat, and it's high in protein. Get the best of both worlds here. It's delicious and it's healthy. There's a bunch of different flavors, so you're going to have a hard time choosing. You're going to go with raspberry, mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie. I mean, there is no bigger or more vast, extensive list of flavor profiles than there is at Built. I'm telling you, they have everything you can imagine. You're friends with Santa? Well, tell Santa to throw a few Built Bars in that stocking. With so many flavors, they'd make anybody's Christmas morning a happy one. They've even got different kinds of bars like the marshmallowy puffs. Very different compared to most protein bars. You guys can take advantage of this offer at Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Now, thank you guys so much for always making us your first daily listen here at Locked On Rams. We're going to pick up right with where we left off here with the questions. And the next one is from my guy here at Detroit Lions 313. This is a great question. He said, would it be best for the offense to go back to McVay's roots and start running the ball more and using Stafford under center or continue to play in these empty sets? It was working wonders until Stafford started struggling the past few weeks. Maybe they need more zone runs and play action. And I tend to agree. Like, I don't know what the initial response is going to be. If they do trend back in that direction, it might not work, right? I don't know for sure that it's going to work or not, but I think you need to change it up. Everyone sees that the offense is sort of becoming stale. We've seen it every single year with Sean McVay. Doesn't even matter who the quarterback is. It happened with Jared Goff. It's happened now with Matthew Stafford. And that's a concern. And I think, yes, Stafford is definitely part of the issue right now. There's a big area where he's just lacking the execution he's been really really struggling the past few weeks like you mentioned but at the same time it's really been on all levels I mean the O-line has had games where they've been killed the running game has not been productive really at all the receivers dropping passes at the worst times in third down situations in the red zone in the end zone into their hands into defenders hands like pick sixes it's been bad across the board so First and foremost, try to get those schemes a little bit more mixed up. Like you mentioned, get under center a little bit, run a little bit more zone, outside zone type of stuff, stretch kind of runs, a little bit of play action off of that. I really think that's going to help Stafford see the field a little bit better, just get more comfortable. He doesn't always have to go five wide and read a defense every single snap. He can sort of just relax a little bit and let something like play action help make a play open. Like you don't need to always execute the exact perfect play 100% of the time. That's hard. I mean, sometimes you need help. And that's why play action exists is to get defenders away from where they're supposed to be in zone coverage or in man coverage. And the Rams just haven't utilized it much recently. And I think it's a big part of the reason why this offense has fallen off. I definitely agree. Get under center, run some zone, run some play action, mix and match a little bit with that five wide stuff, the empty stuff. And I think they should be okay on the offensive side of the ball. The next one is from at Brian Ted's said, if the Rams don't get far into the playoffs, do you see OBJ or Von Miller staying with the Rams? It's a good question. And it's hard to say right now. I tend to think that Von Miller will find a way to remain with the team. You just can't trade a second and third round pick for a guy and get nine games out of them or 10, 11 games, however many they get in the playoffs, and then let them walk. And that would just be catastrophic because this guy's a 10-year veteran. So that means you can only get a fifth-round comp pick for him. You're not going to get you know a third-round compensatory pick back and kind of offset a lot of your losses there. No, you're getting a fifth at best, and that is a horrible ROI. So I think the Ravens are really going to have their back against the wall when it comes to Von Miller. You got to find a way to keep him. You paid way too much to only keep him for nine games as opposed to OBJ. You signed him for free. Like there was no compensation involved. I do think he's going to find a better role somewhere else when Robert Woods comes back healthy. I mean, OBJ is not going to get to play that much. So I think OBJ is going to be a one and done situation. I think Von Miller is going to find a way to stay at least another year, if not longer term. 
Uh, but it's definitely interesting to see how these kind of developments are going to work their way through over the next few months. And especially when we get closer to free agency, because everyone wants to stay where they're at until that check gets signed. It's always hard to say no to the money. The next one from at Will Carella, he said, do you think this coaching staff will start to tweak their approach or will they remain stuck in their ways? And also, is there any chance that Justin Hollins could play inside linebacker? Now, there's another question here. I'm going to kind of pair it from at Joe Ram 13. He said, is there any possibility of Terrell Lewis being used as an inside linebacker? Why or why not? And Terrell Lewis will not be used as an inside linebacker. He is an edge rusher. Yes, they call him an outside linebacker. That's what he's listed as. But what he is, is a pass rusher, defensive end, edge rusher, whatever you want to call it. He cannot drop into coverage. He's not going to be playing off the ball in the inside linebacker position. It's not in his skill set. It's not in his wheelhouse, in his tool belt, whatever you want to call it. He's a pass rusher. That's what he is through and through. Now, Justin Hollins, I think he's got a little bit more flexibility. And I think even Sean McVay mentioned that they could use him in some packages like that, get a little bit creative to find a way to get this guy onto the field. But at the same time, I don't think he's going to be, you know, a full-fledged inside linebacker. Like, I just don't think that's his best role. I think this is a guy you want rushing the passer because he's been really good at it this season as well. So, you know, at the end of the day, what they have at inside linebacker, Troy Reader, Ernest Jones, I kind of think that's what they're going to have to stick with. You might see a few packages here and there with a different guy lined up sort of just to kind of be different. But in general, the grand majority or the vast majority of times here, it's going to be 51 and 50, unfortunately, for Rams fans. In terms of the tweaking the adjustments here for the offense, the defense, the coaching staff, I really hope. I mean, you got to look inward first. At the end of the day, we all know a lot of these issues are stemming from that building. It's not like they're just getting beat up and, you know, other teams are killing them. They're really lacking the execution to win football games right now. And that starts from inside your own building. Like they need to clean up the mistakes, the penalties, the drops, the pick sixes, the turnovers, the fumbles on special teams, all these terrible things. So I think they will tweak it a little bit and in terms of the offense, maybe get under center a little bit more. We talked about it a few minutes ago, a little bit more 12 personnel. They're never going to be heavy 12 personnel, but a little bit more, run the ball a little bit more, you know, throw some different kind of passes and route combinations. But in the grand scheme of things, I think for the most part, what we've seen is what they're mostly going to be on the defensive side of the ball. I think they've mixed and matched pretty decently. I don't really foresee too many changes there. The special teams, I don't really know special teams ball like that, but they've been awful. So I really hope they can tweak something because they've really just found a way to always rip that bandaid off and make it just a little bit worse than it's already been for the Rams, which is just depressing. Uh, so that unit, I don't have much uh, expectations for because they've been bad for two or three years now, really ever since Coach Bones left and even in his final season with the team. Uh, but at the end of the day, they need to find a way to clean that up as well, especially the turnovers. Now, the last one in this segment from E. Litster, he said, is there any chance we see Landon Akers returning punts? He did it at Iowa State at a high level. And listen, I'm open to anything at this point in time. We saw J.J. Koski fumble a punt return last week, and that was just so annoying and frustrating because the Rams finally felt like they had a little bit of momentum. They made a stop on defense, and 10 seconds later, the Packers have the ball on the Rams' 20-yard line, making it super easy for Aaron Rodgers and his guys to go put up more points on the board. You're not going to win football games like that. Cooper Cup, I don't want him back there. you just subjecting him to more punishment. Odell Beckham, same thing. This guy's hurt. He's got a hit pointer injury now. Do you really want him back there eating more hits? I don't think so. J.J. Koski, do you want him back there? I don't think so. After that fumble, doesn't leave many options for the Rams. They have a sore lacking spot at this returner position, whether it's kick return or punt return. And if Akers can do it, 
not even necessarily at a high level. As long as he can feel the ball cleanly and not fumble it, gain a couple of yards, that is perfectly okay with me. Of course, I don't really know what the Rams have planned. Landon Akers was brought up to the 53-man roster recently off the practice squad, I believe, which, of course, is going to help the chances that he might actually be able to go back there. So we'll see. At the end of the day, I think the Rams need to kind of experiment right now and find the best way to just play mistake-free football. And if that means Landon Akers is back there, then it means Landon Akers is back there. That's entirely okay with me. In just a second here, we're going to dive into the final few questions and talk about is there any potential linebackers that the Rams could sign here coming from free agency as well as some backfield stuff a little bit more in terms of Cam Akers as well. So just a second, we're going to dive into that next week. Make sure to tune back in here at the Locked On Rams podcast when we recap this Los Angeles Rams-Jacksonville Jaguars game. Fingers crossed. I'm going to say it again. I hope it's a victory Monday. Don't got any wood around me. I'm going to say knock on some wood, but we'll see. Make sure to tune back in. I'm sure it's going to be a good episode and we'll have plenty to discuss. If you guys want to get in on some of that betting action for that game or any of the other NFL games this weekend, check out betonline.ag. They have you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues its march towards the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all these sports action this season. You can go ahead to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is just use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball to football, NHL, boxing to UFC, all the way right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Make sure to take advantage of all the amazing offers right now available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. And if you guys need a little bit of assistance there, go check out Locked on Bets, man. They're going to help you get right when it comes to your betting game. It is your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis from Lee Sterling. That's Locked on Bets, also part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Now, thank you guys so much for always making us your first daily listen here at Locked on Rams. Let's pick up with where we left off with the final few questions. The next one is from a tough name to say here at M underscore S underscore O underscore K underscore O underscore L. I hate when you guys do that to me, but we got through it. He said, is Jalen Smith so washed that he's not even worth the Rams signing him? Anything is better than reader. And to answer your question. Yeah, he is washed. I mean, Jalen Smith has been God awful in the NFL for at least three or four years now. He's never been the same player since he suffered that foot injury at Notre Dame. I can pretty much tell you right now, 100%, the Rams will not be signing this guy. You can forget about it. He is not better than Troy Reader. I don't think he is really at this point in time. And even if he was, the Rams wouldn't sign him. They had multiple chances to do it already. He's been waived by the Cowboys. He's been waived by the Packers like a week later. It's not going to happen. I mean, they have their linebackers. I wish they would grab someone else, not Jalen Smith, somebody else, but it's not going to happen. They have who they have. And we'll see how they play. I mean, at the end of the day, their only choice right now is to either change something in-house or hope that somebody improves or put somebody in a better position to be utilized, which I'm not really sure that that's going to happen. But no Jalen Smith, I don't think is going to be happening. The next one from at Turbo Fargo said the line and play scheme was changed to be a more inside zone running scheme, and that would match the strength of Cam Akers. I don't believe I've seen a lot of, if any, wide zone scheme with Hendo kind of taking the wheel. Do you think sticking with it is why Hendo has had issues breaking tackles? No, I just think this guy right now, he just doesn't have this explosiveness that we've seen from him in the past. I mean, I don't know what it is. He's just been kind of slow to get out of that stance. The acceleration isn't really there. The speed is just not there. 
And the home run ability does not feel like it's there either. Now, if they did go under center, run a little bit more wide zone, I do think that would probably fit his skill set a little bit better. But at the same time, he's not going to break tackles there either, I don't think. Maybe the vision will help a little bit there, and he can sort of get to the second level a bit more often. But in general, I just don't think this guy has it right now. I wish I knew the reason why. I've kind of ventured to guess that maybe he's put on a little bit of weight in anticipation when Cam Akers went down with his injury, knowing that he was going to need to last a whole season as the workhorse running back. And of course, if you have a few more pounds on your frame, you can probably last a little bit longer or at least give yourself a better chance to last. And yeah, you know, I think that might be the reason why he slowed down a little bit. But ultimately, I don't think even changing the scheme is going to do much of a difference there. In my opinion, I think you got to rotate Sony Michelle a little bit more in there more often just because I think that he's giving you a little bit more physicality, more ability to grind out a few of those extra yards. He's going to make contact at the same point as Henderson is. But I think the difference is he's usually giving you another yard or two yards after that contact. And I think right now the Rams need every single yard they can get. So in my opinion, I would kind of lean towards Michelle as opposed to changing, you know, these grand running schemes. The next one's from at Dr. Underscore Krishnan. He said, there's an overall performance drop off in all aspects, but which one do you consider the patient zero that snowballs into the overall drop off? And, you know, I think it's just execution right now. I really do. I know that's kind of simple and vague, but in general, you know, I go back and watch the tape. I see a lot of guys running wide open in certain plays or, you know, guys that are working to diagnose certain coverages and plays that should be working. Now, yeah, sometimes it's not going to be, you know, as easy as it make it sound in the sense that somebody may be open, you know, on the right side of the field and Stafford is kind of looking on the left side of the field. That might be his final read or not even a read in the play, right? So that guy might not even be an option in that passing play, which is why he's open. But at the same time, like you're seeing guys open, you're seeing, you know, certain reps where the offensive line is absolutely winning or, you know, where a running back can kind of find a hole if he just turns the wrong way or whatever the case is. Same as the defense. Like, they've been playing pretty decent, in my opinion, especially recently. Yeah, the results haven't been the best, of course, and they still need to be better in terms of getting off the field and all that good stuff, absolutely. But in general, I just think it's the execution, especially on the offensive side of the ball. The drops, the overthrows, the inaccurate throws, they're leaving so much on the table right now. And like you said, when that kind of starts to pick up and snowball it turns into an avalanche. And for whatever reason, the Rams can never just make a mistake and then kind of find their way back on the field and compartmentalize everything, put that mistake behind them and just play like it never happened. It feels like, you know, they let a little mistake happen and then somebody else has another mistake and it just continues to snowball into a huge pile of mistakes where if you could just forget about it and continue to execute afterwards, because this is the NFL, you will make mistakes. You will drop a pass. You will, you know, throw an interception, whatever the case is, sack fumble. You need to just be able to put that behind you, go into the next drive and then just keep playing. And I think that's one of the big issues they've had, especially in the past few weeks compared to the early season, Stafford has thrown some picks. I mean, he threw a pick. I think it was his first one in week two against the Indianapolis Colts. Played like he never even did it the next drive, right? The Rams need to find a way to get back to that. If Tyler Higby drops a pass or Van Jefferson drops a pass, go catch the next one. Like there's just a lot of execution issues right now. And there's a lot of issues across the board from scheme to game planning to play calling. But I really think the execution is a huge part of the reason why they've struggled recently. And they need to find a way to clean that up. Now going into our final question here from at JB underscore peoples, kind of a joking one. He said, what kind of fan are you during a bad game? Blank stare, just contemplating life. The dude that paces around their living room with their hands on their head. 
grabbing that extra alcoholic beverage or venting with the Twitter fingers. And I always say, you know, I'm a fan for three and a half hours on a Sunday. And then it's right back to the analyst kind of thing, because I got to try to be as impartial as possible, right? Like I got to put all emotion aside and just speak what I actually think and what my eyes are telling me. And so in terms of the fandom, you know, I'm kind of a, definitely a Twitter fingers. I like to crack jokes. I like to make fun of myself. I like to make fun of the Rams. Sometimes if they're playing bad, uh, you know, Matthew Stafford's throwing a pick, I might post a picture of Jared Goff and be like, wow, Matthew Stafford's playing bad. You know, just kind of a joke uh, for whatever reason. I just kind of have that defense mechanism of make a joke and laugh about it. Cause I am frustrated. I'm annoyed as everyone else is. Uh, and that frustration builds, but you know, I don't drink during the games. I don't really uh, go crazy. I'm not walking around like losing my mind. I'm just kind of staring at the game, like blank face, you know, kind of making fun of things on Twitter, enjoying myself because I know a lot of fandom these days, especially Rams fans. I see it on Twitter kind of similar, right? Everyone feels the pain and, you know, I'll post silly pictures of Ben Affleck smoking that cigarette outside where he just looks uh, like super depressed and like, he's just had the longest day of his life. I'll say, you know, mood, I'll caption it with that kind of caption there, just kind of giggle and take the lighthearted aspect of being very frustrated and annoyed because the last few weeks have not been good. We've all, you know, gone through it together. We've all seen it. It's so frustrating when they get a quick three and out on offense and then the defense comes out there and they're on the field for 15 plays. Like it is so frustrating. I can't even imagine what it's like for the players on the sidelines. They must be so angry just knowing that they have so much talent, but they're just not getting those results right now. At the end of the day, I really hope they get it together. They got an amazing shot to do it right now. This is the Jacksonville Jaguars. This team is not good. They're turnover prone. They're mistake prone. They don't score many points. They don't stop teams from scoring that many points either. The Rams need to get right right here. Start that momentum, that good, strong avalanche effect, but in the positive manner this week, because if you can win this game, and I've said this a million times now, they can start to actually mount some positive performances, a good mood around the locker room, everyone upbeat, optimistic, ready to go. They need that in the worst way. This team needs a win in the worst way. No win November is out of the picture. It's done. It's gone. We're now flipped into the page of December. These are your final few weeks. You have a shot to really set yourself up here for a strong playoff run. The teams that are always you know, the hottest at the end of the year, as well as the teams that are the healthiest, those teams win more often than not. The Rams still got everything out ahead of them. I see it all the time, but it's true. The Buccaneers, same situation last year, and they found a way to get it done. So that's going to do it for this mailbag episode here at Lockdown Rams. Thank you guys so much for always shooting over these good questions. Makes it fun to kind of go back and forth with you guys and for always making us your first daily listen here at Lockdown Rams. Now next week, make sure to tune back in on Monday's episode when we recap what happens between the Los Angeles Rams, the Jacksonville Jaguars week 13. It's going to be a Sunday afternoon game for those in the Eastern time zone for as always, you guys can follow us on Twitter at QBsMEP, at LockedOnRams, and on YouTube at LockedOnRams. And please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.